Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to be telling you about our incredible Viking ocean cruise around Italy, part two of our two-part series. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, associate producer Rhino Clavin. Hello, everyone. <laughs> client services manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. Agent for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Sean Falk. Hi. Chief Executive Officer for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Pete Werner. Hey, everybody. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. Nobody and said tuning ciao. In. What? Nobody said ciao. I don't know why you didn't say ciao. I you d- had the opportunity. I'm too embarrassed. I got the cold sweats. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> huh. Between people laughing at me from doing my intros and getting the cold sweats... It's going to be a rough show. As I mentioned, this is part two of a two-part series. Last week, we did uh, part one, where we talked about the actual ship itself. This week, we're going to tell you about the ports of call and what we all did during our incredible, I have to say it again, incredible Viking Ocean Cruise around Italy. An Italian sojourn. Italian sojourn. It was exciting. All right, so let's start out. We embarked the ship on March 24th. It was a Saturday. We did that in Rome. You don't actually get on the ship in Rome. You get on the ship in... Chibitavecchia. Thank you. I was going to make Kevin say it because he messes it up every time. But we had spent a couple... All of us had spent some extra time in Rome. So we didn't really need to do the ship stuff. Because when you get on the ship, they offer excursions in Rome. They offer certain things you can do through Viking. But we kind of all did it. On our own. Yeah, because we, we got into Rome like five or six days before yeah. the cruise yeah. because we wanted to like see you know stuff around Rome and we went down to Florence one day and um, flew to Romania. Romania. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you do. Yeah. As you do. As you do. That was actually really cool. It's that was a lot Romania. of fun. So again, they offer the, the Viking offers a short excursion in Rome. Did anybody do it? Did we look at it at all? No, yeah. not this. I mean, we did the things that were on the excursion. Like you know, there was stuff like go to the Colosseum and those types of things. So if that's we your, did them, if but. that is your only way to see Rome, then do it. But uh, understand that the ship, and that's not just Viking. This is anything. The ship excursions to Rome are uh, very, 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 very fast-paced. You're like, and here's this, now let's go, and then here's this, and then let's go. A lot of times they're walking tours. I call them running tours because, you know, you're trying to see the Vatican, the Trevi Fountain, um, uh, bless you, you. the Colosseum, all these other sites. Uh, in the span of eight hours, seven hours. This particular cruise, a lot of times the cruise will overnight in its first port, especially with Viking. It didn't. So the next day we were somewhere else. So there's a very short window of what you could do that first day. It's just my my point being that if you have the option, it's better if you're doing a cruise like this, going to Rome a good solid few days early. I like to do that anyway because Mm -hmm. of the jet lag. if so, if I know, like, okay, we've got a thing going on on Saturday, I definitely want to be in two or three days early, kind of give myself a chance to get acclimated so that, you know, our, our my cruise or my adventures by Disney trip or whatever I'm doing isn't like the first few days aren't messed up mm-hmm. because I'm dealing with. I do have a quick question. Um, if this were something that, you know, say other cruising routes or in the future, like if Viking does Rome as like a one day on a stop from some other route. 
would you say it's better to do like would you guys recommend doing the Vatican as your day or would you rather do like the Colosseum and a few of the other things like if you only got one day to well pick? you usually on a lot of those excursions you do the Vatican you do the Colosseum do the Trevi Fountain do um, highlights it's usually yeah. highlights. I don't see how you can do it no you can you yeah. can I mean but when you're doing it on a shore excursion you usually have about 10 hours because wow. um, it takes a good hour hour and a half to get from Chibitavecchia right. into Rome and vice versa so it you know it can be it can be a harrowing day, think, but it know, is a great way to see all those highlights. And there's options if you're interested in one particular thing, you could do it yourself. You can also do what we've done on Mediterranean cruises in the past is you can hire a car service. Mm-hmm. So outside, we get additional cost outside of your cruise fare. You can set it up with a local company, and then you can say, listen, these are the things I want to see. These are the things I want to do at my own pace. Uh, I do want to just say really quick, going back to going in early. We highly recommend that whenever you're starting a cruise overseas, you're traveling overseas, you absolutely should try to get in one day early. A minimum. At least. A minimum one day early because you don't want to miss your cruise. You don't want to show up that day. And if there's a flight delay or there's an issue with transportation, you could run into missing the cruise. So we always recommend at least one day early. Sorry, Craig. Uh, no, it just in regards to Rome, uh, I walked away loving that city way more than I I thought I did. I mean, we were in there for five days, so it was time to go by the time we left. But looking back on it now, the greatest thing about that city wasn't hitting things like the Coliseum, Vatican, Trevi Fountain, Spanish Steps, like the iconic places. It was actually when you just went on a random stroll and got lost down an alleyway and then ended up finding something that you saw in a movie that you didn't even realize like oh I, that is right there mm-hmm. so that's that's one of the things i would say about rome is that if like with having enough days it's great if you get to see all the highlights on a tour but it's a city you kind of need to just get lost in and i know that's, that's a lot of european places yeah but it, it really was for me at least so again shark excursions were offered through the ship you could have done these highlights of the city and and seen all the things we did not do that so our first uh Overnight, we we cruise overnight, and the next day we wind up in Naples, Italy. Now, uh, was Naples the half day? It was. Yeah, it was yes. a very short stop in Naples. Just real quick, Kevin and I did not get off the ship. We've been to Naples before. We know what's not there. Yeah, we uh, yeah we docked <laughs> we docked at noon, yeah. and all aboard was five thirty. So this very was a day. really short yeah. Uh, short day in Naples. Did anybody do the included excursion in Naples? No, nope. no. Okay. I did. I know, like part of that was a walking tour of Naples, a sightseeing tour of it. Uh, Kylie and I did get off the ship like right at noon, and the first thing we did was run up to like the city center because we we're in Naples. We wanted we wanted pizza. Say, everyone got off the so, ship to get pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So before our tour, we ran up to do it, and it was one of those things. Like I've wanted to see Pompeii and Vesuvius for a long long time but after seeing naples in the whole downtown area i actually wish i would have had more time to just explore that it was a shame that five hours was all we got there but i get it pete what did you do that day i actually stayed on the ship and used the spa um I just, I really wanted a massage in the worst way. I know. Sean went to Herculaneum. I did, yeah. That was kind of the uh, Herculaneum, like for people that don't know, seems to be like the, we've already done Pompeii, so like this time we want to do something a little different, so do Herculaneum. Um, I had never done Pompeii, but everyone on the ship that I was talking to and everything I researched before was saying that it was different, but a little more like 
my pace. Like there were still the bodies like laying in the places where they had died forever ago. And that was very interesting to me. So I was like, Oh, I want that's an appeal to a lot of people. And so I was, I was more into that than I was the, like and the ruins and everything of it were still like very preserved, but people just said it was a little more in depth than Pompeii. It was just way smaller than Pompeii. It is. It's a smaller location than Pompeii. Um, It is also far better preserved Mm -hmm. than Pompeii is. So it's a lot more intact. The original, uh, the original town of Herculaneum, um, and because uh, Herculaneum is really on the base of yeah. Mount Vesuvius, where Pompeii was across the across the water, um, so you know Herculaneum was wiped out immediately. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, they recommend that if you have done Pompeii before, that Herculaneum is a uh, a more. Yeah. Uh, a, I mean, I asked people that were on the excursion with me, and I because I, I was the only person who had not done Pompeii that was on that excursion, and I said, "Oh, which did you like better?" And they're like, "Oh, hands down, Herculaneum. I liked better." But they were like, "Obviously, you have to do Pompeii because it's Pompeii, and that's the one that's famous." Yeah. So. It was the the size that took me back from Pompeii. There's nothing that could have prepared me for knowing how big this area yeah, was it's large, like yeah. it, it we when we looked on the map after we were done with our little walking tour of it um I, i'm a huge pink floyd fan they played at pompeii way back in the day it's like i really want to see the amphitheater where they got to play uh that would have probably taken about an hour's hike just wow. to get from where we started that's that's how big this area was so uh while it might not have been preserved as well too it is mind-blowing to see this civilization that was so yeah. advanced just be wiped out in such a such a quick fashion so it's very about, humbling one thing about these cruises that i love you see things i think in my mind i never thought i would ever see in my life as a kid i never thought i would see the coliseum or right yeah you know the trevi fountain now you get to see these things like pompeii and Herculeum and all these other places. Rhino, what did you guys do? Um, I went to Pompeii with uh, Eli and uh, Kylie and Craig, and I I agree with him. It was it was very fascinating. I you know you always hear you learn about Pompeii in school and uh, you know hear the stories and stuff. And it was just I never really actually knew how advanced they kind of were. It was really interesting to go and see that this was essentially set up like a grid based city that had like uh, like there were some places where they were finding pipes in the walls mm-hmm. and saying that they had like running water and yeah. and it also was really fascinating to me too to find out that this like old civilization was pretty progressive in terms of like uh sexuality so uh, yeah a lot of penises everywhere like <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say because so that really needed to come up on this show oh my God. it was a, a big it, part of the tour from, it was it was not from, a, the, from the standpoint of going with children um some of the places that you will go into yeah. were brothels. And, yeah, Herculaneum uh, had a brothel. Yeah, also. they all did. It was very preserved. And so. <laughs> the way these brothels worked, because there were so many people coming into these cities from different cultures and different languages, uh, everything was depicted, all the services available are depicted via uh, uh, drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some fairly graphic drawings on the walls um did they so it's something to that? keep in mind yeah they did, they? did. Okay. it was they do warn you before you that's go why in. i brought it up it's specifically part of the tour but it's also not like everybody's embarrassed it's not an embarrassing thing there it's actually it's remember. part of their culture and yeah, so but remember you know. too you're on a viking cruise that um the minimum age is 16, yeah, 16 and older yeah 16 so. and older so i think that they understand that they're not going to get young kids 
obviously, if you're on a different cruise line, you well, can I mean, see I've that. done it. Uh, I've done it through. I've done Pompeii through a Disney Cruise Line. I've done Pompeii on my own with a, a private tour guide. Um, in both instances, uh, before we would go into any place like that, we were warned um, that you may, you know, this, this may not be appropriate for everybody, and you know, we're going into a brothel. But yeah, that does that does play a role in the culture. And this is, you know, this is a preserved. This is what it yeah. was at the time. They're not going to sanitize it for your protection. Well, they were Nor saying that they, they yeah. literally was how they used, like, it was their street signs oh, were yeah. phallic symbols and stuff like that. So that's what I'm This was the I culture mean, at the yeah. time, you know. The, the great thing is we still get to see that. It was just, it was one of those, it was really cool to be transported, you know, back into this time and just be like, it's not, it's not what you could fathom until your, like, feet are there, I guess, you know. It's really cool. I have a question about your shore excursion. Yeah. Did you go all day? Was it from the moment you got off the ship uh, to five o'clock? It started at one thirty, and we were. I think we got back actually late. We may have even gotten back about five thirty-five. I know we were the very last bus that got back there. And I was like, "Are we going to make this thing?" Or and they said, "No, we'll hold it." I like, don't hold worry. The ship yeah. for you. So yeah. we were very late getting back. We because it was so small. I don't know how big Pompeii was because I didn't go, but um, Herculaneum was definitely not very big i was shocked at how long we were there but we went in every single building and the, the our tour guide knew every bill it was like she lived there yeah, or something and so and this is uh you know it can't be said often enough when you're on a cruise doesn't matter if it's viking or any other line uh you know because we mentioned earlier that sometimes we'll just hire our own guide and go um if you are on a shore excursion booked through the ship and for whatever reason you are delayed getting back to the ship, the ship will wait for you. If you are on your own and you are late getting back to the ship, you are SOL. You are not getting, they are going to leave without you. And it's up to you to get yourself to the next port of call uh, to meet, meet up with the ship. Um, they just, you're yeah. on your own. So it's this important to remember that. stop. Because of the length of the time we were there, yeah. mm-hmm. the other ones are full day stops. This okay. one I, I will also say, like how every excursion worked, because like in your room you had the like a box, the headset box, mm-hmm. and so you would have to bring your box with you. They every now and then they'd have an extra or two, but I saw people have to run back to their room several times and get their their earpiece, and so you would set it every day to like, okay, we're group twelve, so set it on twelve, and your tour guide would have a microphone and they would speak into it and. And, um, so everyone could hear no matter where you were right. at well, for your group. Just for clarification, um, normally when you, you know, on most cruise lines, when you do a shore excursion, they will give you the headset so you can hear the guide speak mm-hmm. into his or her microphone. On Viking, they provide those for you in the room. You have the same ones throughout your trip. Right. So it's up to you to hold on to them, make sure you bring them with you. Charge them. Charge it's them. It's very good, yeah. though. I mean, it's, I can't tell you how many times you hear the announcement group you know whatever it is mm-hmm. sc 105 you're going to meet here at this time make sure you have your headsets yeah be ready to go here we go so they're very good about that mm-hmm. so after sicily next no. day no, no, no. Um, after naples it's sicily. is sicily the next day is monday we stop in sicily actually in messina kevin what did we do in messina because i have no memory whatsoever we hired a car we did this a lot i we need. There are reasons we hire a car. We can't go at the same pace as some of these. They don't like to be around the unwashed. Well, stop telling people that, even though it's true. <laughs> we travel with people where bathroom breaks are more frequent than are available on a bus. It's hard to tell a bus of fifty people that you have to stop. 
Mm-hmm. So we can't do the walking through the ruins. It's just not something that we're capable of doing. So right. we get a car. And where did we go? What did we see? What happened? We went all over. We usually Tell went. Because I don't remember. Hey, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> where did we go? What did we do? What did we say? What are we drinking? Um, outside. What we do is a lot of times we will ask a driver, because 99 times out of 100, they're local, show me what you think I should see. Now, I didn't have a list of things I wanted to see in Messina. So I was willing to let him show me. And we went all over. We saw the whole island. We spent a lot of time down by the water. We stopped at a fish market. Um, do you remember we stopped at the fish market and you guys were all fascinated by what they were doing? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Was that Messina? Mm-hmm. Yeah, share it with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were, it was just watching the daily workings of a fish market. It was right there along that inlet. Yeah, I don't remember. Just that. say yes, you remember. <laughs> I don't remember what we did. Um, what did you guys do? Well, you guys went. Uh, we all we went all, together. Yeah, yeah, we all went together. We did the um, Mount Etna and Taormina. Tar- 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 and so the tour started off with a walking tour through Taormina, mm-hmm. um, which just had a lot of great, had a lot of great shops. I got to be honest, and for me, that's like a big thing. That's I love getting my little souvenirs from local shops and whatnot. Um, but to walk through this town, guide is kind of explaining different things to you. But the end result, the, the the end game was this old Roman amphitheater. Now, when you had just done a week in Rome, um, yeah. and you've been to Italy, that was my third time uh, in Italy. Like, or, no, fourth time in Italy. Um, you've seen, you know, one amphitheater starts to look like another. So, mm-hmm. like, okay, I got in. Like, okay, amphitheater, very nice. I want to go back shopping. So I left the group and I started walking back, walking back down and, you know, kind of did my shopping. But they told us going to meet at the Disney knockoff carousel um, because there was this carousel where we where the bus let us off. That was like all Disney princesses. But Disney. Not yeah, Not sanctioned. But um, I actually tweeted it out like looks legit. Um, And. so we knew what time we had to meet back there to get on the bus to go to Mount Etna, which was, I mean, we were literally going up a mountain. Yeah. Well, the the, yeah. the amphitheater, I just want to say, too, is I actually thought this was uh, really, this is one of my favorite spots because, um, like, out behind where the theater was, is it you, you were essentially, like, on a cliff really, really high up altitude-wise in the island, and you could just see, like, you could really see the scope of the island and the the water it's just so it it was insane because it, it looked very different from where we were the day yeah. before to me mm-hmm. it was the most panoramic view like we walked in the amphitheater and kind of taking pictures of it and mike holland was like just just wait till we get up to the top because he had done it before and so then you climb to the top and it was basically you had a 360 view all the way around with mountains and then the ocean and the water was so blue there like just yeah it was just insane. a beautiful color of blue it was you know the amphitheater itself yeah it's a old ruins but the view that you got from up there was just like i could still close my eyes and imagine it this very day so Me too. um so i actually went to the beach then and so like when we were there in Terramina, um i because of that really cool view um as i was walking around for three dollars e- or not dollars three euros each way you can take a um it's not a funicular but it's like a 
the cable, like a cable car kind of thing, all the way down to the ocean part and then take it back up. And that was a really great way to see the view and to see everything. And it ran like every 10 minutes. There was one. So, I mean, it wasn't like you were going to get left by the ship or anything. And I was big on like, I want to go down and at least like touch the, the Mediterranean water because even though we're on the boat, like we're never going to get in the water at this point. So it was beautiful. So I recommend doing that too. And I also did love the Mount Etna portion. Oh, that yeah. th- It was a long drive. I will say that. Oh, yeah. From Termina, yeah. it was about a solid hour. And then once you get up there, once you get to Mount Etna, then you also have to drive up the side of the mountain itself, too. And by the time we got up there, we were maybe there for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And so it was one of those one of those situations where you have to run around take the pictures that you want and you know i i of course had to smuggle some of the the lava rocks from there but for me as a Ruin as the an, ecology yes yeah. thank you Set the world as, as a nature lover and like i love mountains the fact that i was standing on a, a volcano like that it just and it had it just snowed so we had this great point where the snow was like half melted mm. so it just made it that much more beautiful but it was then a long, long, I think it was about an hour, 45 minutes, two hours to get back to the ship. Yeah, one of the things you have to keep in mind is when you do any kind of ocean cruise and you're stopping at these ports of call, usually the places you want to see are inland. So there's going to be a little bit of travel to get to that thing. We talked about Rome being an hour, hour and a half away. You know, these um, sightseeing areas, they're the more popular stuff, is a good bus right away. Yeah. So you got to kind of be prepared for that. I, I will say also something I wasn't prepared for, even though we went in late March, there's still a lot of places where it will snow just because the elevation changes so much in Italy. And I'm not used to snow. I think I've seen it like twice my whole life. So I did not prepare for this. I didn't bring clothes for this or anything. So I kind of ran cold. into that problem a lot on this trip. So even looking at the the weather before we left, I still didn't, I wasn't expecting snow. Like, hey, we're going to the top of mountains and that kind of thing. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. How long were we in Sicily? Do we remember? We were, uh, that was an all day. That was from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Full day in Sicily. All right, back on the boat. We have our dinner. We take our sleep and we wake up in Crotone. (laughs) Crotone. Crotone. You can skip Crotone? Yeah. Crotone was a disappointment. And this was a relatively new port of call. We were the first ship to ever stop there. And uh, so it's not a a city that is really set up for for these cruises. But it's a a more, uh, I'll just say, it it was cute. It was a more depressed area, um, just in terms of its economy. Um, You could tell that... Uh, there was, uh, we ran into an awful lot of uh, panhandlers uh, on the streets of Crotone. Um, there was some, you know, I'll always find a shopping opportunity. I call them shop opportunities. Um, and we, I actually got, you know, we found some cool stuff. Yeah. And uh, we also, like, realized that the only place on the planet where United Colors of Benetton is still a thing is Italy because <laughs> there's every, one every port there's one everywhere every town you go into there's a, there's a Benetton um, which, I bought stuff though like it was yeah. I was like I have to get something because there's one everywhere yeah so. <laughs> so he got some stuff yeah, I did but, get some um, but no it, it was that was um, one of the more disappointing ports did anybody do a shore excursion here was there yeah, yeah we did our foursome we wanted to do one of the winery 
tours here because this was actually the big selling point what everyone wanted to do there was mm-hmm. issues with like the signing up at the beginning and we talked to last time about how big our group was well it didn't make things easier when then the group started booking uh private wine excursions too and that that it so we couldn't get on with them because well we're not on the boards enough like the rest of everyone else is constantly being up to date mm-hmm. on that stuff Um, One of the things that struck me about looking at this stop on the Viking website was the beautiful castle that they showed that just right off the coast of the water. And, you know, they they took the picture on the most perfect day of the entire year with beautiful blue skies and the water looked amazing. Well, when you show up there and it's 50 degrees raining (laughs) and ugly outside, uh, a castle right on the coast of the water isn't that amazing so yeah we went to the like castella and it just you know it it just wasn't worth it for the price and what you got out of it um it it wasn't even like a well-preserved castle like at the end of the day i'm still glad that i i did it just to help people in the future Mm. not have to do it yeah um but i I would say in the future, if I ever go back to Crotone, unless they completely change this place, I would stay on the ship. Well, I think again, he's talking about the first cruise ship to go there, and as Viking sort of gets there, Viking will feel it out and figure out what's the better things to do, and sort of tweak and adjust this stop. Talked, I talked to a person in one of the shops. This is like a regular working downtown, as opposed to a tourist area. Right. Uh-huh. This was there was a drugstore and a shoe store and yeah, we an took, eyeglass store. We took the ship provided bus, the ship provided mm-hmm. transportation, dropped us we off. We ran every downtown. ten or fifteen minutes, and, and all we, it was was a tr- trip into downtown. But it would be like a trip into downtown anywhere. There was nothing. There was a farmer's market, but that was it. And I was talking to a lady at the farmer's market who explained to me that they were shocked. I forget what day this was. Uh, It was a Tuesday Tuesday, that there were thousands of people in town on a Tuesday. They just had no idea what to do with it. But as I said, it wasn't just the first ship of the season. Crotone had never been a cruise. I want to say this, though. I enjoyed going through that little farmer's market because I felt like this is how these people who live here would shop. Oh, you could right. see the people it's shopping. Very authentic. Yeah. It no, and that was the thing about it uh, that I actually liked was that it was uh, it was not an over commercialized cruise port. It was an authentic, normal Italian town. Yeah, there were no T-shirts. And it's true, you know, <laughs> but there were places to shop. Uh, I will say this: that we did run into a lot of issues with. Uh, many people working in the shops not speaking English. Yes, this was one where it was mm, yeah, very right. little English spoken, well, for sure. The town that we went to, it was like straight up a ghost town. Yeah. Uh, like we walked, we were walking to where we were going, and they said, like, the reason all these shops and stuff are here is in the summer, it is a popular beach. Uh, location to go to but we weren't there in the summer so that explains a lot but there was at this one point like a stereotypical old italian lady with like a a black shawl on and you know just cast a curse on you kind of well kind of like that we walk past and i see it just like come up to the window and then back off and i'm like Please tell me someone else saw this. <laughs> no one else did. So we went okay, this place is haunted. To that oh, grandma. store where they made the masks, you know, and it was like, oh, this will be a pretty mask. And it was the scariest looking thing that I'd ever seen, you know, in my life. But um, but it was still, it was 
yeah, it was. It was. I would say the least glamorous part of the trip. Is oh how yeah, I'll, I'll no, yeah, Crotone sure. was kind of like. It, okay. And they also, I will say, there was like multiple theaters playing Frozen. Like we kept walking around, it was like Frozen, Frozen, Frozen. And I was like, <laughs> what? Okay, I guess they just got this. Like maybe this is new here or something. I don't. Know. They just got the DVD and yeah. in every theater. I just want to say that in truth, this this cruise itself is not wildly popular. I don't know if that's not, maybe not the right word. In 2019, there are two sale dates. Because again, July 4th and in August 15th. Because right, remember, first of all, it's a one-way. Right. It's not a round trip, so a lot of people aren't cool about, you know, going in and out of different right. airports. That's kind of difficult for some people when it comes to travel. In 2020, there are five uh, sale dates only. April 1st, May 13th, June 3rd, August 5th, and August 26th. So, it was very important to me that when we booked this that we went from Rome to Venice. I wanted the trip to end in yeah. Venice. So if you're interested in this, it's a limited departure kind right, of thing. For sure. All right. So after Crotone, next day is Bari. Land of my people. This was my favorite. This was Kevin's favorite. He, we, Kevin had a plan for Bari. I so did. I just want to go ahead and tell you. I had plan. seen something on TV, and we had prearranged a car to pick us up at the port. I very badly wanted to go see the Truly houses. I want to say too, they the included shore excursion does go to the same place we went. However, again, you're on a bus. There's no stops along the way. Uh, it's a pretty. I want to long say it ride. was an hour and a half. An hour and a half on a bus. You're left because of how these towns are set up. They're medieval towns. They can't ac- accommodate buses. You're let off outside of the town. So there's a bit of walking to get into the place. We hired a car because we knew we could get right to the places and we wanted to go. And a lot of Bari is all uphill and yeah. stairs. So we hired a, a smaller car that took us up to the top of the hill and we walked down a bit. Um, all I can tell you is it is T-R-U-L-I and it was otherworldly. It was everything I had hoped it was be. I, I hoped it would be. I assumed there was going to be a small clump of these. I didn't realize that big portions of the village of Bari were these truly houses. I just thought they were magnificent. UNESCO World Heritage Site. It has to do with how these buildings were built during feudal periods, and there's a whole story behind them. But they're very. It was very all cool based on say. taxes, right. And they're circular houses, and the st- the roofs are stacked stone. So that taxes were built on root or were based on roofs. So what happened was there was a centerpiece stone that if the landlord, because this was during the time of serfs, if the landlord was coming along, you could knock out one stone and the whole roof would collapse. The tax collector came through town and they all destroyed their roofs. So they wouldn't have to be. But the house wasn't destroyed, just the roof, so they could put the houses back. What was fascinating about this is it's you go to see the town and you go see the outside of these buildings, and then there was an opportunity for us. Our guide knew somebody, and we went in one, Mm -hmm. and we got to be inside someone's actual home that lived like this. It was incredible. Pictures of it. What did you guys? Well, for me, um, I really wanted to see the town uh, because uh, Bari is the town that my great grandparents came from that's where they were born and raised and were married and then uh, emigrated uh, to the united states around the turn of the century um so i just you know kind of wanted to like have that have that experience and walk around the town there there are two very distinct parts to the town of bari there's the the old town uh, and then there's the newer the newer section um and uh, we did the uh, we did the I think the, the included, included yeah, uh, we did shore the excursion tour. the walking tour, um, and it was you know uh, beautiful fascinating. 
really so like one of the most incredible things I've ever seen just randomly come upon as we're doing this walking tour we're walking through the town and she was moving pretty fast and she also had a little bit of an attitude I wasn't really thrilled with our our guide um, and we walk past this open big open doorway and you kind of look inside and you see this really incredible model uh, and Craig remind me I'll get you a picture of this to put up um, and you stop for a second and there's this little old man sitting in the back with he's making the pieces that go into this model well, what this was was a recreation of Bethlehem for the at the time of the nativity and he has created and it's huge it's the size of this room it's ab- and it's lit and it's oh. down to every detail and it was absolutely spectacular and like they had a little box there for tips so we left him a tip and um let us take pictures and um and I'm like okay why is this woman walking past yeah. this yeah. this you, is amazing really houses no so I think what happens I, to answer that, and I don't want to cut off your story. To answer that, I think when they do a tour like this, some of the times what they've done is they've made arrangements. They always that says we're going to go to this particular spot and perhaps visit this store. Mm-hmm. We have a shopping arrangement. They all, all these all these uh, guides get a kickback yeah. when you shop in stores. That, and that's what kind of bothers me about these tours. Is I agree with but you. One, we do it on our own because you see little stuff like that. One thing that really disturbed me though uh, on the tour, we went into the big church. In town, this is where I would presume my grand- great-grandparents got married, because apparently everyone got married in this church. Probably, yeah, um, and it was a beautiful church, as they all are. Um, but they took us downstairs to, like this, I forgot what, we, like, what was supposed to be down there that we were going to look at. But there was a mass going on downstairs. Now, for me, you don't do that. You don't go bring a tour through a relatively small, comparatively small enclosed space. And the guide, I mean, she wasn't talking full full voice, but she was talking, and there were other guides. There were, so there were these people there having this intimate mass, and they were all, and I thought it was, I really thought it was, it was uh, inappropriate. Yeah, it was weird. And like, there were so many tours to it. There was like five or six, because it wasn't just our group like there were other groups no there were like as well. seven other groups oh there. yeah and so imagine you're just sitting in church and like seven tour groups come through and they're like look was, at this think, pillar look at this wall maybe like, it was like theater do you think maybe they had a mass set up so that no, tour groups could no. see them i don't no. know and i was like okay i can't stop the tour from coming down weird. here but i'm not going to be a yeah. part of this and i walked outside one, one um, of the coolest things though when you do the walking tour because it was we, we did like the earliest in the day because so it gave pete more time to like get out and see everything in bari when you do it that early in the morning you get to see um like all the women in the village they have their doors and windows open and so yeah, you get to see right. them make noodles they're literally they they're are, making pasta. they make pasta by hand and like all the husbands sit outside and play cards with each other but they uh so that's like how the town works every single day and uh, and they just make like gazillions of pasta noodles every single day by hand, and they sell them in bags. Not that you could do anything with them, but they uh, still or whatever. It was really cool. It was. It was. It was really cool. And then in, in the new section of town, I was able to find. I wanted to get something special for my mom from Bari. Um, was having trouble finding anything, and then we found this jewelry store, and they had a, a bracelet, a charm bracelet, and the charms. Were all everything was made in Bari, and everything rep- the three charms represented Bari. So it was really quite cool, um, and absolutely loved it. Again, I, I have to keep going back to this. 
you know, it's fantastic to see the Eiffel Tower and it's fantastic to see, you know, the Coliseum. But it's these little experiences that I think really make a vacation. These little sort of almost intimate things that you just get to see for yourself that maybe someone else hasn't seen. What did you guys do on the trip? Um, We went with some uh, friends of the Diz uh, who were with us, and um, we went into a cave excursion. I don't remember what the caves were called. uh, We went to the Castellan Caves, and then after that was finished, we went to a town called Polignana Amer. Yeah, I'm, I'm I know sure I butchered exactly that. I thought the caves were amazing. I thought that was one of the coolest excursions we did um, in the entire trip. Um, it was just really fascinating to me to do this. I don't. I don't I've know. I've never done caves in the United States. I know, especially in uh, in Tennessee areas, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. Uh, yeah. Kentucky. Too. I, I just never, never done that. So this was something that I wanted to see and experience when I was in when I was in Austria. Uh, the ABD that Pete's going to be going on soon. One of the things you get to do is go up into an ice cave and on the side of a mountain. And so after I saw that, it's like, well, I want to see now what an under the ground mountain looks like. And I was just blown away. Like it, being in a giant cavern. Like that, just you have to stand down there to really, truly yeah. understand uh, how amazing it is that there there are so many things happening below our feet uh, naturally over the span of years that that you just can't fathom. And we did our tour guide was amazing too. He yeah. had a, I think his wife was a American. She was American. And, yeah. yeah. So I forget where he said she was from, but he yeah, was awesome. Maybe maybe Chicago, but she. So he was very fluent and was able to really go in depth with us about everything that we were experiencing in the caves and uh, just Atlanta. It was Atlanta. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. And they, the caves were like two miles long. We only did like a short person, sort not a short person, a short portion of you it. Get <laughs> and uh, so it was like, it wasn't too strenuous on anyone, but it was just beautiful. And then the town we went to afterwards, uh, it was just... It, again, like all these seaside towns, it was just it was, all these white houses yeah. set up on the side of a cliff and just so gorgeous. I, the only, my only complaint about this excursion was that um, they, th- you know, the caves are amazing, and then they took us to this town, and we had about uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. So they literally, it was enough for the girl to walk us from the bus across the street and essentially, like, find somewhere to use a restroom and then be like back of the bus so i was like jogging down the street trying to take videos and stuff like that and we were trying to find somewhere to eat but it it was it was beautiful this just goes to show with these cruises and things like this is there's something for everybody i would rather hang from my toenails than go into a cave (laughs) but you guys did you not watch the news last week really exactly well it, it made that was actually interesting because when that news story came up i was like it really put into perspective because the the caves were so imagine? massive and then there's parts that were so small and so it really i don't know it, it like tightens my chest a little bit when i think about those poor people i just want to go back in. a second the truly houses are actually in albero bello that's the name of the town where they mm-hmm. are but it, the stop would be bari correct all right so moving on from bari we leave bari and the next day is shibanek Croatia. Croatia. I practiced that one. This was the stop that surprised me the most. I think it surprised everybody. Yeah, we we stopped and I thought, do you want to get off? I said to him, do you want to get off the ship? He's like, "Uh, you know what? We only have a couple more stops. Let's get off. Let's see what's going on. We've never been to Croatia. Got off the boat, and what was really nice was right outside where the boat docked, 
to our taxis. And we walked right over to a taxi and said, we're looking for somebody to guide us for the day, take us for the day. We had the best taxi driver. We asked him if he spoke English, and he actually taught English to high school students in Croatia. So we asked him if we could hire him for the entire day. And when we stopped for lunch, we said to him, what will happen? He goes, well... I'll give you the name of someone else you can call. I said, well, are you going to eat lunch? And he said, yes. So he said, we don't want to lose you. So come to lunch with us. So we had lunch with our driver. And just a really quick to, to recap, you know, where do you want show us what you, what you want us to see about your town? What are you proud of? You know, show us everywhere we went. So where he went to high school, (laughs) show us his father's apartment. No, I also want to say it was really cute that we were there at the end of March and we were the first cruise ship of the season. Shibinik is a port that is popular with cruise ships, but we were the first one there this season. So a lot of Shibinik wasn't open. It was beautiful. I want to point out, too, it was um, walking distance to the town. If you were inclined to do it, you could have easily walked from the boat to the town. And I, I, I had no idea what to expect. And I just kind of did the town. And I was blown away. How absolutely gorgeous gorgeous that town is how friendly the people are i was shocked by that not shocked but i was pleasantly surprised one thing to keep in mind though that uh croatia is not on the euro they are not they're trying but they're not on the euro so it's i forgot what their local currency was um but it was uh so when you charge on your credit card uh, it was in that currency, and then so what they would do is they would like you know do a calculation of this is how much it is in euros. Um, uh, I'm not saying they were being dishonest with that. Um, their calculation of what it was in euros and mine were two different numbers. So uh, have a currency converter on your phone <laughs> that you can check and make sure what the price is in U.S. dollars and. Or euros. At that point, I'd been on, I'd been in Europe long enough to know what you know generally what the the exchange rate was. Now we had the uh, experience that every place we went took euros. They would accept euros as payment. They would Except accept the restaurant. Yeah. The restaurant wanted us on my credit card. It was paid in whatever their local That's currency. Right. Kronos, I think it was. Yeah. Kronos. Yeah. and it was like you know one of these things where the bill Kronos. for lunch was like forty thousand. Yeah. and you're like, oh, and you realize it's sixty bucks. They would they would take euros if you had cash. They would take them. They didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. and they would want to give you back their currency. And they, and, right, and your change is going to be in their currency, not in euros. Right. So it was better to do it on a credit card, and it was better uh, better just to make sure you're kind of being aware of what the Absolutely. currency Always conversion aware, is. For sure. What was but funny it, was this was a fairly large port. It was a big city, a little bit big town at least. And we all went to lunch and come to find out we had eaten in the restaurants right next door to each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was in the restaurant next door. I didn't realize and, uh, it didn't realize it until I looked at Twitter and we had posted like, a picture. These guys are at the restaurant right next to me. Um, so I finished lunch and went over and just hung out and said hello to them. This is actually probably one of the most friendly ports uh, in general because uh, the excursion Kylie and I did, our guide talked a lot about it. Uh, years back, Croatia made the the push to make sure that English was taught very early as a second language, especially for tourism purposes. And so... And I, I found that to be true. Anyone we talked to uh, in any of the little places we stopped at was pretty much yeah, they completely spoke English, fluent yeah. in English and not not Italian fluent where it's you might you get three out of four words. Like I'm talking 
perfect. So uh, it was it was it was actually very very interesting to see because it you don't just experience that every day of the week where you're in a tiny tiny country that you don't think you're ever going to visit, and then they can all speak your language. Right. I also think I got the feeling that they were. Usually when you go to a big tourist area, you get the sort of the people waiting on you who are tired of tourists. Mm-hmm. I got the, fe- the feeling that the people in Croatia were happy we were there. Yeah. And if they weren't, they were really good actors. Good actors um, yeah. We, um, myself and Rhino and Eli and a couple other people from that are Diz fans, we, uh, we did the Diocletian's Palace and Historic Split excursion and it was really cool everything it was really far i remember it taking a long time on the bus but you got to see a lot of the croatian countryside which was so pretty it was so beautiful croatia was like the thing i was looking forward to the most because i've never cared anything about italy but i like like east europe and stuff so i was excited to see it but you enjoyed um, it oh i loved italy it like going into the trip i was like oh croatia that's what i want to see so um i thought split was really beautiful split was so pretty it was really nice um our tour guide did tell us that um because we were the first ship of the season there wasn't a lot of traffic but he said going into split he said sometimes it can be like an hour and a half two hours of just bumper to bumper traffic like during the high season and i was like oh my god so he's like yeah this is the quickest we've ever been able to get through here and i was like wow this was really far already so we got to spend a lot of extra time in this yeah. in the town because of that and then um diocletian's palace was so cool it was really well preserved and it was also where they filmed some parts of game of thrones so if you're a game of thrones fan um like khaleesi's castle yeah her dragon lair is diocletian's palace so like that's where it's filmed so they're like oh this happened here and all that so that part of it was awesome cool okay well i will speak about mine kylie and i got the uh the gem of one of the many excursions available throughout the entire trip and that was the kirka waterfalls these things sold out instantly before Mm -hmm. when we were just uh, Kylie had seen these on Instagram before. It's it's considered one of the most beautiful, beautiful as Jeez Louise, beautiful places beautiful in the world. Uh, it's where so it Bill- says in the it says in the brochure, beautiful. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it did. Um, and this is a, like a place Bill Gates spends his vacations here, and so like that's that's how popular this area is. Kirka National Park is known for its waterfalls, and I know it doesn't sound interesting. But I, I've seen plenty of waterfalls, but these were the most massive in the world. This national park was relatively untouched. It's like what, what Teddy Roosevelt stood, stood for, like just beautiful nature preserves. They had all these wooden planks around where you could just be walking through all the, all the lakes and waters and get so up close to these massive, massive waterfalls like this. This to me was the highlight of the the stuff. It was the the best thing I saw at any point during wow. the trip. It's it, and it's one of those places no pictures will ever ever do it justice. You have to see it in person. And so if you are planning on doing this cruise and this excursion, you have to you have to book quick because it once it's Bungalow filled up, it's very popular. It, oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Sometimes they'll add more excursions. They did that for a couple, but this was not one of the ones that they opened up another bus for. Excellent. Yeah, Shibanik was a surprise. Loved it. 
thought it was a great stop for us. And now we move on to Venice, which in a lot of ways is sort of the carrot at the end of the stick. It's the jewel of one of the reasons why we took this cruise and we wanted to be on this cruise is we love Venice. Venice, Venice is, is incredible. Beautiful. This cruise overnights in Venice, which is a great plus because you have extra time in Venice. And because it overnights, you don't have to get back to the ship at a certain time. You could stay out at night and enjoy the nightlife in Venice. We stayed extra days, but we'll talk about sort of the boat stuff. We just did what we normally do. We got off the boat, got on a Vaporetta, went over and enjoyed Venice. We always stay near St. Mark's Square, and we have explored that a lot. That's some really high-end shopping there. It's a very touristy area. St. Mark's Square is kind of the epicenter of Venice. Uh, we did something different this time. We got on a vet, the Vaporetto, and went over and explored the other side of the island. And there's no lack of things to see and do. Uh, the Rialto Market is over there, the Rialto Bridge. So there's a great deal to see and do, but it was fun to get out of what we already knew we stumble across a restaurant and i'm going to play i'm going to provide craig with a small video that first of all was incredible the food was incredible tell them about the dessert we had at this restaurant they had a gentleman making these throughout the meal and i kind of couldn't pay attention to what i was eating the food was spectacular and it was just off the rialto bridge area and we were hungry and we were looking it's very crowded there it's like Main Street during the fireworks crowded. And we were looking to get out of it, and I saw a sign that said restaurant, but it was down an alley. And the joke is that's where the dead hookers were killed, or where the hookers were found. We walked down this alley, and we found this restaurant, and it was, in one word, spectacular. I'm hoping everybody knows what chocolate ganache is. It's like really, really thick chocolate frosting, and they kept it in the refrigerator. And the man would take out the ice cream and there were two small scoops of mint chip ice cream and then he would take this big glob of chocolate ganache and stick it in what we used to call a ricer it's a little metal thing like if you wanted to put mashed potatoes through it or something and what he would do is he made chocolate spaghetti out of this ganache <laughs> and laid it on top of the chocolate ice cream and that it was supposed to take taste like uh, an Andy's candy or an um there's another one called After Eight Mint. <laughs> it's that chocolate and mint flavor. All I can tell you is it was so good. I don't care for mint ice cream, so I had mine on vanilla. We've Everybody that was there, there were eight of us, and every time we get together, it's like, should we go back to Venice to go to this restaurant? No. It, it, has been, it has been my experience in Venice that the best restaurants are down those dark, scary alleys. Absolutely. Every like, amazing place I've eaten in Venice. You have to wander. John and I found a restaurant one time, and we were just tired of walking, and the restaurant had four seats. So John and I took up more than half of the restaurant. But the food is, you've got to get away from the tourist areas. So, Pete, what did you do in Venice? Um, we decided, Sean and I decided to kind of go off on our own and uh, rented, got a car and driver, and we went out to a town called Bassano del Grappa. And this is actually the town where Grappa originated from. Um, and it was... Uh, dead. It was dead. Yeah. Um, there was not a lot going on, but we did come across like this really cool restaurant Um were they like handmade? Everything was very fresh. Everything, Everything was, was like really fresh and handmade. Scratch. 
and they were so thrilled to have a couple of American tourists <laughs> yeah. in there that they were just like, and they were really friendly and um, so just kind of that exploring thing. Mm-hmm. But then, um, you know, we so we spent a few hours. We, we, God, I'm sorry, I can't remember the names of like the different things that we saw there. It was a cool little area to go around. We walked around a lot. Did you do this because? You knew you were spending time in Venice? Yeah. So you thought, let's go out and do yeah. something else? Yeah, basically. We knew we were going to spend a few days in Venice after the cruise. So then we um, stopped in a town called, I think it was Vincenza. Because mm-hmm. I asked the driver, I said, I need to shop. Um, and he's like, <laughs> That's okay. That's not asking. That's telling. <laughs> yeah, well, um, he said, you know, go to, Vin- I think it was Vincenza. There he goes. It was a lot of, uh, as he put it, high-end stores. Um, and... There really weren't, but what was there were stores that you don't find anywhere. Just some, I got some great stuff. Yeah, I mean, we bought some great clothes mm-hmm. in there. Like, uh, just it was a, it, and it was like this really long street that was like full of people, and it was about five o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. So people getting off of work were coming in, and they were having dinner and drinks and shopping and it was just like this great atmosphere and some of the best shopping I've had in Italy uh, outside of Florence um, wow so That's it was cool. kind of, and it was a full day because we left like first oh, thing yeah. in the morning and we didn't get back until like midnight yeah it was a long it was one a long of the great day. things about staying <clears throat> overnight in a stop Craig you did a shore excursion right yeah I did I did the Secrets of the Doja's Palace tour because I was very, very intrigued uh, with going into. It, it takes you into a lot of the the sections that you don't just normally get to go on when you do the palace tour. Uh, I wanted to see some of the the dirtier, rugged parts of it. This had the potential to be a really cool tour. It's something that you don't have to do through the ship. Uh, it's a lot cheaper, about half the price, if you don't. But I wanted to see like everything we did. I wanted to see it done with the guides, how they help help to up the experience. And this is one that completely backfired. Um, we got to St. Mark's Square with the with our guide, and then she's like, "Okay, go eat and come back in an hour." And so we're like, "Okay." So we go and do that. Come back. We all meet, and then we go inside Doja's Palace and stand in the courtyard area for about another forty five minutes. And then finally, we finally one of the people who works at Doja's Palace that runs the Secrets Tour finally came up and then gave us an amazing tour through all the back sections. Uh, knew English perfectly, so was able to communicate everything that we were seeing. Just a really awesome tour guide. And then after that was finished, we get handed back over to our normal guide, who is then like, okay, well... You can go back to St. Mark's or you can catch the ferry with me and go back. And we're like, well, we haven't seen Doja's Palace yet. We've heard all these stories about it now, but you didn't take us into it before. So essentially then we had to, there was a big group of us, maybe six or eight, who then had to go back through and then finally see the palace for the first time to connect what we just saw in this great tour and so ultimately, it was just run so poorly that it, it felt like the ship really screwed us over on that. Was the guide <clears throat> one of the guys from the ship yes. who did that? That's unusual. Yeah, it was. It was a Viking ship guide, That's weird. and the the actual tour guide then 
once we got to the palace, they were great. But our one that was handling everything else just just was not up to par. And it's like I, I felt like ultimately we could have did it on our own and we could have got way more out of the experience for half the price. But that's you, you live and learn with that. Right. So there are some experiences we did this cruise where I know that we couldn't have done it in that timely fashion, making it back to the ship without the help of the tourists. Right, there's cities like Rome and Venice. You think to yourself, well, I can do this myself. Yeah, It's easy enough. It's touristy enough where you can do it. But again, there's experiences you couldn't do unless you're on mm-hmm. one of the yeah. tours. I think the takeaway from this is really <clears throat> there is something for everybody. The, you don't have to. A lot of people say, oh, I don't want to go on one of these because then I have to go on a group, a group every day and I got to walk with everybody. That's not how this works. This is your vacation. You do what you want to do, and you figure out the things you want to see. And this is what I love about a cruise is you have that opportunity to either go with a group and do the tours or you get to go on your own and experience it. And I think it's even more special uh, just to be self-serving. Going with a group, like, I mean, we had over 100 Dizzers with us on this trip. So even if you're traveling on your own, uh, you're with a lot of like-minded people. Uh, the planning process begins months in advance on the boards. So people are working out all these cool things to do as a group. And do you want to join us for this and uh, join us for that? And that just kind of adds to the adds to the experience. Make of it. new friends. You guys are talking about meeting up with someone you met on the cruise. Yeah, we're, when I go home for uh, Christmas, they live in Virginia, so we're going to stop and see them for yeah. Christmas too. And then they were down here recently, and so and I had numbers of some other people that ended up being from Boston, where I'm from, and so I'm going to see them around Christmas too. So I was like, I made some friends too. So awesome, cool. awesome, awesome. This was a great cruise. I had a great time. It was yeah. amazing. Loved yeah. every minute of it. I think it was first rate. Every Oh, yeah. First rate, and I not only do I think it was worth every penny, I think it was a fantastic deal for the price. Yeah. I thought the price was incredibly reasonable. You can spend a lot more and get a lot less on a Mediterranean cruise than you can on Viking. I agree, thousand percent. Um, I want to remind everybody that we do book Viking cruises. We both we book both Viking Ocean and Viking River. Um, we offer a shipboard credit for all of our Viking cruises, as we do with any cruise line we sell. It's based on the price of your cruise, and we will tell you that up front. You can get a no-obligation quote. Our services are free. All you do is pay what you would pay normally to book the cruise through the operator directly. So there's no fee for our service. Thank you guys for helping me do this show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation. (laughs) 